0: Welcome to Smash the Class, a podcast that discusses topics in education from an anarchist perspective. This project is part of the Anarchist Pedagogies Network, which seeks to create a space for anyone interested in anarchism and education, regardless of their expertise or background. For our second episode, I'll be your host, Nicole. I have the pleasure of talking to two of my friends and collaborators, Sonia and Daniel. They're also some of the originators of the APN, and we're going to be discussing a range of topics. This includes the inspiration for our collective, what anarchist education means to us, and how we hope to help by providing at least one more space for anarchists to think specifically about learning. This conversation was an absolute joy and treat for me to do, especially because I get to chat with them so often, and this really gave us some time to get into the weeds of what we're usually on about when we meet for our assemblies. It builds on a lot of the topics that we're frequently discussing together and a lot of the reflections we've all been doing, especially since all of us have to eat and thus work within different areas of the school system. With all that said, let's dive right in. So what was the inspiration behind starting the APN? Well, uh,
1: the inspiration was really, uh, there were several reasons. Uh, one, more personal than others, perhaps. But the main reason was to to get in contact with other anarchist educators. Um, while working in academia and otherwise in, in other workplaces, it felt pretty lonely. I mean, I've been working both in, yeah. Kindergartens and primary schools, secondary schools, and the whole time has been like that. So, so, but uh, but it came a point, and it was right before the pandemic that um, teaching in academia it it really felt uh, like a <laughs> like a very very lonely uh, work. But everything actually launched it from. Yeah, For me, when when I was uh, I, I teach in special needs education um, and after three months of starting in, in a job at the university in Oslo, suddenly the students decided that I deserved a prize. And that was weird, uh, that was very weird. Uh, I wasn't prepared, I never get to know what happens around me. That's my uh, regular state of mind, I just walk around <laughs> breathing. So when I got the call, um, okay, it was a shock and okay, then I survived that uh, but the, the, the shock continued when my colleagues asked me what was my pedagogical background to know what, what the students liked so much and then I thought, oh, now it's getting interesting <laughs> because if you <laughs> might know that is actually anarchism. Um, so that was actually the first time it made me reflect what was in my pedagogy, what was I was trying to achieve. And yes, actually, it was kind of small revolutionary acts every time I talked with my students, based very much on anarchist principles, uh, keeping in mind that, of course, working in academia has very big limitations. But um, regardless to that, so yeah, it's when I felt that, oh, I'm sure this several educators out there that might be walking around feeling that, yeah, the world might be a little bit lonely when you're trying to talk to people and make them be more critical and and think that actually our communities could be better places to live for everybody. And in this case, I work a lot for and with disabled people. That it's uh, historically speaking, a, a, an oppressed group of people. So um, that's how it started. And then uh, I have to admit that, of course, uh, thankfully, I knew other anarchists and libertarians around me because we were in an organization together. And then I reached out to two of them that I knew were also educators. And I just told them, I mean, could we do something with this? Could we gather? Could we reach out? Um, But the thing is, at the the beginning, we thought about doing this where we live, and it's in Norway. Uh, And uh, at the beginning, we were very humble. We just tried to think that, oh, let's do something local (laughs) for the students. Let's invite, you know, a lot of people to see what we can um, do because you never get any principles or an introduction about anarchist pedagogy in universities, at least what I studied many years ago. That never happened. So um, we thought, okay, let's do something self-organized, right? And then we were full people at the beginning. uh, But then the pandemic began and then we were still curious about this about getting to know other people how to how to create community how to engage others in learning together that was the idea I mean what could we do how could we yeah keep on supporting each other Uh, but again when the pandemic started then it's when we thought that well shouldn't we try go digital I mean there's nothing else we can do at this point we didn't know how long it would take right <laughs> so actually that was kind of the idea and there was absolutely no goal but yeah that was it
0: I so say you said there were other people so Daniel I'm assuming that you were one of them too what was kind of the inspiration for you
2: yeah well like like Sonia says I was one of those uh, anarchists walking around and uh yeah we we got together at some point in well we'd known each other for a while but we got together to start talking about this probably in was it 2018 and um yeah I mean, that small scale discussion local discussions that we had between the then four of us um I think at least for me it was a qu- about kind of practical questions right so you know how do we like teach in an anarchist way whatever that means or, Uh, What does it mean to be an anarchist, teacher, educator, facilitator, or, you know, learner for that matter? So we, yeah, I felt that was kind of an important part of coming together. Um, As I said, we knew each other from before, but um, we both work in, in like academia or higher education. Uh, We had that kind of in common at least, but in very different fields. But I think at least for me, it was like trying to kind of reflect as well of my own practice practices and uh looking for yeah like practical things so another member of our group was a a, a teacher a fairly newly employed teacher um and really was looking for you know what can i do in the classroom um how can i develop my own practice based on the you know uh, or you know after after going through The teacher education system, what do I do now when I come out of that system, and how do I kind of like develop ideas based on you know anarchist principles that Sonia Sonia talked about? So, yeah, we had some really amazing discussions, and um, that were both kind of at a very local level, but of course, very soon or very quickly become bigger questions sometimes.
0: Yeah, I kind of also get that whole feeling of the loneliness, um, which is you know, obviously part of why I joined with you guys, <laughs> um, because it actually has been really refreshing to, you know, be around other people who have a similar view. Um, you mentioned that you had other initiatives that you were both involved in. So uh, what were these initiatives?
2: Yeah, well, one of them was uh, this anarchist group uh, in in Norway, as Sonia mentioned. Uh, we were based in in and around Oslo, so we were involved with 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 that group. Um, yeah, I guess doing various kinds of things that one would do in an anarchist group, but uh, thinking about getting together, talking about, and trying to enact uh, various forms of like uh, direct decision making, direct action. I guess small forms, small scale prefiguration, right? Um, thinking about how to to uh, to. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, like it It sounds uh, we very much kind of uh, it, thinking about, you know, um, um, I guess, make, make it, making a bet or a different world, if you like. Um, and again, I, I think in some ways, that those kinds of, you know, anarchist groups in general are very much about meeting up with people with similar ideas, similar thoughts, and questions about how to put those thoughts and ideas into action right which you know is not particularly dissimilar from from the 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 apn and the Anarchist pedagogies network as it is today so um yeah that's i think that's the main initiative that certainly the way that Sonia and i met was through that particular group
1: yeah well and for me so yeah, as Daniel is saying, we were in this uh, anarchist organization together, and I was uh, in. At the same time, I started at the at the Anarchist Pedagogy Network. I also joined uh, an anarcho-feminist uh, collective. You know, it's like a fanzine. It's called Gata Negra, uh, and it's bilingual, Spanish English, which is very nice. Um, and yeah, uh, I'm involved in other stuff that by now it's a still a little bit low key, but I'm sure it's going to grow afterwards. Um, and otherwise, uh, yeah, uh, not very much uh, because I, I'm mostly my, my activism um, for not unfortunately, but you know, for my because of my family situation has been more through through writing. So that's what I've been doing. Uh, but I think being here have, have been really life-changing in many ways, it has opened to meet a lot of people and that was the idea and to learn even more. So, but that, that those are the, the projects. It sounds a little, but it, it actually, it's so nice. It's like the highlights of the week, right? After being at work, which can be, I mean, it's exciting to be with the students. But it can be very boring otherwise. <laughs> um, then it's the highlight to say, "Oh, I'm going to meet you know at the assembly and you know um, all the nice people and start you know um, creating more community and thinking, oh, who who could we invite?" And but yeah, the activism is still there, uh, absolutely. And now we are finishing the pandemic, so we hope we can get even more direct action <laughs> in a while.
0: Yeah, it would be awesome to see a lot more direct action and be able to actually participate in that. But unfortunately, with the pandemic and how everything has been building and changing and altering around us, it's been been wild. (laughs) So in terms of like trying to kind of figure out how to build this community as it is, since we've talked about how it's digital, um, what are some of like the more difficult
1: parts of this? Well, I I guess it's challenging in many ways. Uh, Number one, I don't think that the three of us who started, and the other one uh, is not here today, but she, yeah, she's still, of course, a friend and activist. Uh, We were, um, we didn't have a goal like that. (laughs) We didn't have like a marketing strategy or something, you know, those weird people uh, things people do. Uh, We just started and thought, oh, this is like a little seed. Let's see what happens. Which means that we're trying to do this in a in a low a, like a, a little scale first. Um, and I think that the most uh, perhaps the difficult part is to get people to to talk and to be confident enough to think, hey most of us have no idea what we are doing. That's why we started this. It's not that we started this because we want to teach people. That's That was never the goal. The goal is that we didn't know enough <laughs> and now we'd like to, to learn from each other. So we have noticed perhaps this first year that people are really shy at some point or perhaps again, they think that, oh, I, I don't know enough. Again, nobody knows. I mean, nobody knows everything. We'll learn a little bit each day. So we hope that this is something we can reach out to people and and make you all that you're listening to this that to understand that we are in the same boat altogether <laughs> or really um, yeah confused anarchist educators and facilitators that because the great thinkers left us a lot of great principles that we most of us like and love perhaps but the didactics are missing and that's what that's why we are running around you know in all different territories and geographies asking each other how do you do it right how could i do it you know i work with children or i work with adults or in informal spaces but see i uh, i'm that's we never started with the recipe <laughs> we started because we wanted to learn so let's hope that, that that's been the difficult part right uh to to try though we try to make this call for participation and telling people hey you can come here and share what you're doing your practices it has it, it it cannot be anything like advanced just come and share what you're doing it's great you know people get really excited and we love it but um we have to work on this, right? That people, I mean, it's so little about anarchist education that really, any of us (laughs) got enough uh, didactic resources, right? And we have a lot of historical examples of anarchist schools or or collectives doing stuff but again we have to be open for the variation and sometimes we have ended up in this open conversation and I see fear in people's eyes when they ask us okay how can I do it and we say (laughs) well we have to figure that out together and then it gets really scary (laughs) but but, you know it's a journey I guess so yeah.
2: Yeah I think it's such uh, an important point and one that I feel that it's something that I've been learning along the way. Uh, yeah. If, I mean, if, thinking about challenges as well, I mean, one of the challenges is just that being able to kind of let go, uh, for me and the not knowing and thinking that's okay. Um, I don't know if that's, I don't think it's unique to this, this network. I don't think it's unique. It's certainly not unique to, to, to anarchism and anarchist groups. Um, And of course, one huge challenge that we've talked about quite a lot, and I don't know if we'll talk about it at length here, but like the idea of like, not just learning, but also uh, unlearning as well. So, which is a huge challenge. So, and that can include the fact that, yeah, we don't know. And that's okay. Um, As well as many other things, of course, uh, that, you know, can maybe be, if you like impediments to learning (laughs) new things when we think we already know what we don't actually know yeah
0: no like that whole aspect of just like letting go is probably like the the biggest challenge that i've also had where it's like you know i really just want to kind of be like okay this is how it's done and then you're like what wait like there's so many different people here there's so many different ways we can approach this problem and you're just kind of, or don't even just problem, just approach this situation. And you're just kind of sitting there like, oh my God, what do I do now? Because <laughs> you kind of like, we go through life having to unlearn this whole thing now of like being certain and actually processing uh, things in a very hierarchical way. So that kind of leads me to one of my questions, which was like, you mentioned earlier, like teaching, um, as an anarchist and like what does this mean so for you guys what does it mean to kind of like teach as an anarchist
2: yeah that's a really interesting question and kind of a fundamental one right um <laughs> what does it mean i i think um for me it means a couple of things that are kind of going on simultaneously so like there's the big question of of being or identifying as an anarchist and then of course being a part of Maybe like a state education system or something like that, and seeing oneself in relation to that that system. Um, and then, of course, what goes on in my own practice then within that. And um, I think one of the reasons why I got really wanted to get involved with with this and with everybody else was that I don't think I'd really thought so much about my own practice, So at least not not in a way that I was kind of maybe happy with um and so yeah it's like thinking about let's say anarchist principles and wondering how those might then be put into practice um and and yeah in a way hoping that there's some kind of set of answers but then of course quickly realizing that there isn't or if there is there those answers might work in one place and time and not in another and I'm not necessarily thinking about other people and other people's situations, but that could include my own situation as well. So what works, it really depends, you know, very much on that, the learning situation or environment we find ourselves in. Um, and, of course, the people who are involved in those those learning situations. Um, uh, yeah, th- those kinds of questions. So, yeah, it's kind of it's it's maybe easy to think about like these principles like, um, uh, you know, mutual aid and uh ideas of like um, self-organizing and uh, and uh, forms of like uh, decision making uh, shared decision making but then actually doing that as part of a learning process is I, I think a re- yeah a-, a challenge too right I was gonna say
0: like you mentioned about like how just even applying to yourself um they, like it the situation can change. And like, I actually really identify with that a lot. Cause like a lot of the solutions that used to work for me, particularly in terms of like my own disability of being like ADHD, I found, especially during this pandemic have not worked anymore. So it's like a lot of trying to like learn what new strategies could work unlearn old strategies and kind of also not even beat myself up over this. <laughs> so it's, like, I really connect with that as well. But, Sonia, can you tell me, like, for you, what does this mean as well?
1: Well, for me, it felt, or oh, it feels always like a parallel uh, path uh, I'm walking, right? Because I'm thinking all the time how to unlearn. I think it was interesting that actually Daniel <laughs> mentioned that word because, because you know, we grow up in capitalist systems. Uh, most of us go to states, you know, uh schools or public schools whatever but the thing is that uh, we grew up with certain patterns that are very authoritarian and we it can be oppressive the way we're speaking the words we're using uh, the, the, the way we behave um, so one thing is that yeah uh, this unlearning process is continuous it's ongoing and uh, yeah so that's one but at the same time, I'm, when I'm preparing my, my classes, for instance, I really try to work with, as, as Daniel said, to put those principles uh, in practice because, as I said initially, I'm preparing people, I don't say students, but I, I'm trying to to be in a learning process with people who are going to engage with people with disabilities which for me it's a big responsibility because i don't want them to keep on reproducing the oppressive ideas and ways of behaving like otherwise we do in society so so when it comes to these didactics i've been After the shock I explained initially (laughs) with with the students liking uh, the classes, then um, that's when I thought about these didactics, right? It's uh, how I present the information. I try not to do it myself. I really try to ask uncomfortable questions (laughs) I really do and uh, I know that perhaps other people think it's not nice but (laughs) I think it's necessary and when I say uh, uncomfortable questions is asking right out with a critical view for the system I mean I really ask them that right out do you think this is fair I mean do you think Uh, that people cannot choose where to live? Do you think it is okay that people are living in poverty because they have disabilities? So, right, asking these really direct questions um, is one of the methods I use. Another thing I do to to break or to put these principles, anarchist principles, on practice is actually to use activist language. I'm very aware of that, and I explain that to my students. I say, hey, I'm aware that academia used these words, but I deny, <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. This is how disabled people themselves want to, you know, use this words or concepts or whatever it might be and um i love that well i think it's necessary because otherwise i don't know how i would survive in academia if i wouldn't do that but um it's just some examples right that that's what i'm continuous working on i don't have a, like a, a method like that every group is different you know sometimes i have uh, people that are in the first year at in academia and they really need a lot of support to break that code because it's really an elitist and classist environment. So I really think that, okay, let's do this people. Let's break this code together. And the other thing is that when they, when, when my colleagues asked me, what was the main thing I do, uh, in the classes, it's one simple thing as well that I'm very aware and conscious about, and it's to show care. I practice care with my students. I don't care I don't see myself like you know like a person that has a lot of knowledge. I think that when I see they're struggling by any reason or they think this is difficult or somebody stupid, I really try to practice care. So when I when I tell them that yes, hey, um Uh, you can come to my office anytime send me an email i say this a thousand times every week and (laughs) it's actually to to show them that there's no hierarchy yes i have a position and really it was luck i guess but the thing is that these principles we have it's a uh, really a hard working path to put them uh, on practice on our on every day i mean it's a way of living right so again Parallel paths and uh, complexity in all these experiences as an individual and as a role of facilitator, as I see myself.
0: No, I also kind of uh, like even in a secondary situation that I'm in, um, I do pretty much the same thing, like with the whole I put care as like the very core part of my teaching, too, because it's just such an important part to even just build those relationships with people to kind of help them, um, in ways that they might need, as opposed to like putting my needs as the, um, as much as I hate the word, the teacher, uh, (laughs) in the classroom, putting my needs first, which isn't where they should be. Like, like their needs should be kind of centered as well as, and we're like a learning community going back and forth. Um, but along with that, like the other question I would ask about like anarchist education is, uh, you apply a lot of the principles or you try to apply a lot of the principles, but like, what are some of the misconceptions that you might have, uh, from other people about what anarchist education is or how they view it?
2: I wonder if they're the same, uh, ideas and misconceptions about anarchism in general, you know, there's this chaos, there's, uh, some kind of isolated individualism, maybe bombs. I don't know if they're, uh, in the, in the mix too. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I wonder if it's some of the same. You know, it's a bit like you know, you meet somebody in person or maybe online, and uh, oh, so you're an anarchist, yet you have an iPhone or something like that. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's uh, it's that, it's that same kind of thing maybe for, for uh, for teachers. You know, uh, oh, so you're you're an anarchist, yet you're working in a state institution, for example, and um, yeah, I mean that's. I guess part of a, a, a more general misconception, right? Or or if not a misconception, an attempt to kind of delegitimize uh, uh, some, someone or something. Um, so yeah, that's uh, probably something that comes into the mix. And maybe uh, linked to that then, the idea of not taking it seriously, right? So um, maybe to be ridiculed. And of course, in, in much... Uh, Worst cases to be kind of persecuted as well for some people. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and everything, everything you kind of in between there. Uh, so yeah, to be, I guess, to people become suspicious. So uh, Sonia talked about her experience about telling colleagues that, you know, what 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 is it that lies behind your, I'm using air quotes here, success as a teacher. Um, uh, and, and, you know, and responding with something like anarchism. Now, I don't know what kind of response then Sonia got but you know I I suspect there was something perhaps you can confirm this Sonia I suspect there was something like eyebrows raised maybe a few strange looks of various kinds maybe even some looks of shock I don't know um yeah actually I'd I'd be quite interested to know Sonia if you didn't mind sharing that
1: well uh uh, I was surprised because in my case, I presented it from an anarchist feminist perspective, actually, even, <laughs> not just anarchist, actually, but anarchist feminist. Um, and there were some of the, the, the colleagues that they were thrilled. But I know that, uh, and some others, of course, they just sat there and thought that, you know, this person is it's, it's not in, 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 in their right mind um but the thing is that um it was actually nice and uplifting that some of the colleagues thought that okay this is because i'm sure they had some males in the head like like you said daniel i'm sure and 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 especially because some some of us we all have our personalities and and daniel you're very usually very kind and nice i i'm i'm much more direct and yeah. I explode <laughs> in, uh, much more easily. And that's why perhaps they think about, oh, now this person is going to start, you know, a revolution among students. Well, that would be nice, but um, <laughs> no, I didn't. So when I explained the, the my practice and the, the, the reflections uh, about what I think students liked, mo- very much of it was this self-organizing, the groups, the, the mutual aid, I started my classes and I actually make it explicit. It's not like I do it, you know, sneaking it. (laughs) I like them to know the words, right? They need to name it, Uh, especially exactly as you said, Daniel, because usually when when people hear anarchism, it can be chaos is nice, but when you hear about the other myths, it's much worse. Um, So uh, no, my colleagues actually reacted not, that bad as it might be expected but we have to think again about the context it's norway (laughs) and people here is pretty diplomatic unless i come with something really horrifying for them right Uh, but uh no as long as it's in certain terms and though i you know picked up again the 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 anarchist concepts of mutual aid and collaboration and and self-organization this is palatable for anybody, right? I mean, oh, it's digestive, it's fine. They can work with it, right? And and in in pedagogy, and that's what we do, that it's, you know, I I worked in the faculty of um, educational sciences. People are more used to this. So it it wasn't like a big shock, perhaps, that it could have been in any other place. Um, And I did it on purpose, just exactly to demystify Exactly, right? To demystify that, hey, I don't know what you're thinking about anarchist education, but it's probably not what you're thinking. So (laughs) so that was the idea. But no, some people liked it because of the feminist part. That is something I've used myself, again, because uh, I can say it out loud, but some of you know that I'm (laughs) a little bit tired of all this (laughs) male uh anarchist uh, theoretical people that are you know the big uh, the, the big figures which is really nice and they came with really nice uh, principles and and everything and I've the one missing, whole woman you know <laughs> We that we are in other genders, it would be nice, you know, to see us reflected in that as well. And uh, I have to say, I'm not a puritan like that. It's not like I just used Emma Goldman, (laughs) for instance, or Louis Michel, or no. I I I took other people that you know, bell hooks. You know, she's been writing a wonderful anti-racist educational practices and sharing. So i take from places where it mixes also with anti racist anti colonial practices autonomous practices that they are not necessarily anarchist so so that's also the idea right to also to break a little bit the, perhaps the historical view we have about the anarchist education so that was my case and I, I've been getting better at trying to be diplomatic. I think it's never too late. I'm getting old, so I guess that you know I, I'm getting <laughs> nicer with age, and I don't confront people anymore. Well, I do it for fun, just so people know. When I confront people, I think it's wonderful to see when people it's uncomfortable. It's, it's like sport. But um, <laughs> apart from that, no, it it won't it won't well. It went well with my colleagues. They survived. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I love that.
0: <laughs> okay. So kind of switching some gears, um, I kind of want to reflect upon the first year of APN's existence. So looking back, what is one of the events that has stood out for you? And why is that?
2: Yeah, for me, and um, yeah, I don't know what is going to say, but... I'm going to guess, actually, she might say we the same, I, I bet, but that would be very presumptive of me. And I really don't want to be presumptive. Anyway, I think for me, the it's really got to be the Joyful Resistance group uh, for a number of reasons that we can maybe get into. But um, yeah, I'd be, I'd be curious to, to hear what uh, Sonia has to say and then maybe we can kind of like uh, riff off each other then.
1: No, actually, I, I feel the same. It's a Joyful Resistance. I mean, I'm really grateful for, you know, people who came and have presented. You know who you are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if you don't, check YouTube. They are all there. (laughs) But yeah, the Joyful Resistance, uh, it's actually it's perhaps the the core of why we started and that's why i also like it so much and of course because in the midst of the pandemic you know when you we get people from different territories doing completely different things and showing all the the wonderful experiences they are working with that has been a ride and it's a ride every month but um it really has opened uh for you know to get to get to know new people uh and what they are doing. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. The Joe for resistance group—that it's actually meant as a mutual care group, uh, right? But yeah, of course, we also share our what we do in our practices and 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 and, and yeah, our works so, or yeah. But but um, it's it's great because that the feeling of loneliness or perhaps that feeling that what we are doing. Like fragmented, as, as small cells, you know, in in our workplaces, and uh, it feel it feels uh, meaningful to could, to be able to share it with other people, and especially uh, to be able to listen and learn. That's really nice, and to get to dig and talk at the same time, being in the same place. Uh, of course, it would be much better to you know sit down with a cup of tea. Or or a beer and have, and have a chat, but it's it's I think it's the the best of this uh, this first year the joyful resistance groups. I always bring a tea with me when I go. <laughs> go ahead, Daniel.
2: Yeah, I, 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 for me as well. One of the things about joyful resistance is not just what it is, but how it kind of emerged. Um, you know, at least from from my perspective, it it, it wasn't planned. Um, we had some events at the start that we th- spent lots of time planning. You know, who should we invite to these events? Uh, what should we discuss? What topics do we take up, and so on? And we held a couple of events, and pretty quickly from those events and the discussions that we had at those events, this 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 need, desire, if you like, emerged from those those events, which was just yeah, it it, it was kind of like. It's pretty, it's pretty magical actually. The way it just, it kind of, it was, it was, it was clear that that's what what we kind of needed to do together, right? And when I say we, I was talking, I'm talking not not about I me and Sonia here, but like about the, the the whole network. And just, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, so I love the way it came about. Um, I love the kinds of things we discuss at these get-togethers, and they're really open. And people bring whatever they like. Some sit and listen, others bring some if you like uh examples from their own practice other brings others bring maybe more like um some more like uh, theoretical ideas maybe but primarily it's about like the experiences that people have and how they share them and i think that's one of the primary things we or i thought about with regard to the network this idea of sharing right sharing experiences and learning from each other and yeah it's kind of very simple in a way and Joyful resistance is a place where it seems to, yeah, it's it's one of the places, of course, where it happens. It's not the only place, but it's one of the places that I, I just find really, really fascinating, really enjoyable as well. Um, and well, Sonia was talking about, oh, I mentioned mutual aid earlier, and then Sonia talked about mutual care. And I think that's also an integral part of what joyful resistance is about as well. So not just sharing these experiences and say, hey, hey I experienced this and what do you think, or, or so, but actually just supporting each other, right? Um, and in a way, Joyful Resistance then is that kind of anarchist learning in action, maybe, if we can think about it in those terms. So it's a really nice example. And um, yeah, as has been mentioned, Dave, if anybody's interested in it, they should, uh, they should check out the group um, and um, yeah on the anarchistpedagogies.net <laughs> webpage.
0: I love
1: the sneaky advertisement. <laughs> and and even I would like to add that the idea with the network was, though it's very little anarchist, it was to actually to try to see if people get motivated to, to find each other at the local level, right? Because there's very little we can do, uh, and it's digital. It has its limitations. And though it's great, but the thing is that uh, another idea to start these joyful resistance groups was to, to facilitate that people get to to know other people that perhaps are there in their area, their territories and say, hey, right, and they can meet, they can say hi and and it would be really nice if now, hopefully when the pandemic is 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 over, that people would love to do this again uh nearby in their communities, right? That they can do this whenever time, uh at their own pace, self-organized, but um That was also the idea, right, to try to uh, that the network and these groups can be kind of a meeting place that can help people to to connect with others that are closer, physically speaking. Um, So let's see what the the future brings when, you know, everybody gets vaccinated, perhaps, and we can start meeting each other more frequently. (laughs) Let's see what these seeds, (laughs)
0: how they grow. I'm just going to share, like, two of my favorites, and one of them came directly from Joyful Resistance, which was, like, the event that we had with the little tree in Greece, which directly came out of, like, our meeting, um, Sasa and Celia, in the Joyful Resistance group as, like, the first kind of point of contact, so it was actually quite lovely to be able to talk to, like, a, you know, social libertarian kind of kindergartner nursery, which was just It's so cute as well. Um, And then also to kind of like harken back to a group that uh, Sonia mentioned, which is uh, Gata Negra. Like the zine event was also one of my absolute favorites. And it's actually something that I do use in the classroom. So I kind of wanted to share some of my favorites too from what we've done.
2: (laughs) That would have been number two on my list, by the way. The the zine making. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, wonderful uh, uh, workshop. Uh, It was great. So much fun. (laughs)
0: All right, so I think I think you've already kind of answered this question, but I'm gonna ask. Uh, I'm gonna ask it anyway, which is to who does the APM belong?
1: Well, I think it belongs to the people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you yeah. it belongs to the people. <laughs> I think it's simple.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say either no one or everyone. I know it sounds a bit cheesy, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh that that's probably the way I would answer that. I guess it depends what you mean by belonging, right? Uh, it doesn't mean ownership, right? No.
0: (laughs) So starting APN second year, what do you think we can kind of, I don't want to say achieve. I hate the word achieve, but like, what do you hope that we can do as a collective, um, Kind of knowing what our limitations are we've mentioned the pandemic before which is for some of us kind of still raging on um and never ending um but it's like what do you kind of hope that we can do as a collective just maybe facilitate more uh spaces for anarchist education
1: well it would it would be nice to see how we manage to create more uh dialogue with people out there uh and it I think it would be very nice if people actually, yeah, um, reached out uh, to the network and wanted to to share what they are doing. That would be really lovely. And it uh, it can be in many different ways. It could be a text. It could be here in the podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, smash the class, wonderful. Uh, it could be through a webinar, uh, a workshop. I don't know. I mean, people have to do what it seems you know uh, comfortable for them to do but i think that, that that would be lovely to hear more about what people are are, are doing out there uh, regardless of where they are it doesn't matter i mean it's uh, just reach out and perhaps to see more people in the for resistance groups that would be nice too but the most important thing is that this network is created by us i mean by the people working with it with anarchist uh, education so um in in order to continue then uh if people wants to to do something then we are the channel it's just that we just try to spread it right but it um but it's up to us to see what we what we want to do. Otherwise, I don't have we have any special ideas except, of course, the call for participation for the school revolt uh, next year. And uh, we have also the, I mean, we have talked about perhaps having like a, a second part of the, the webinars about the radical educators. And uh, there it was Yotam who was the responsible for that. So, it might come something else there. That would be nice. Uh, I learned a lot with that webinar as well. I have to say, I had no idea about 90% of it. So, it was really nice. <laughs> uh, it, and it was nice to hear what other people were doing, though it was, you know, 100 years ago. It doesn't matter, but it was interesting. Um, and again, I don't think we are so dedicated into making plans like that <laughs> we know we are what we are going to do until january like <laughs> you know almost but apart yeah, from that, <laughs> we have 11 months more to go so people just tell us what you want to do
2: yeah no I'm, I'm really looking forward to the uh to the festival uh next next year um that's gonna be great um so so exciting to see what ideas uh, uh, people have and uh, as they're coming through now, uh, really uh, good fun to, to hear about those. So that's yeah, really, really inspiring, I should say. It's, it's probably the best way of putting it. Yeah, and I'm just thinking like, maybe f- partly from my own perspective, I don't want to say what the network should or shouldn't be doing, but like for me at least, I'd kind of, I'd like to see those kind of like big and small questions continue to be asked or tackled or whatever you want to, however you want to describe it. You know, it's like the big ones thinking about, Thinking about discussing and maybe even creating, or hopefully creating, alternatives to schools and universities. Uh, And and of course, then the small ones. So thinking about uh, the kinds of questions we ask, or I ask, about my everyday practices. So how how I might uh, teach and learn in a variety of different spaces, improve those practices I have, and think, again, to use a term that's come up a couple of times, maybe like um, and I'm not thinking so much about the network, network here, although I see part of this process is taking place for me through the network. And that is this idea of unlearning some of those like habits, right, that I just don't see that I've kind of inherited in a variety of different ways um, and maybe are very difficult to see, to see as well. And I think the network can help illuminate some of those kinds of challenges that, some of us, or perhaps I should say, I don't necessarily see for a variety of reasons, right? And I think that's something that I'm kind of looking forward to because I think that's, for me in this year, this last year, that's that's one of the really important questions that's come up as part of the network about who we are, what we do, and where we've learned all those things that we do um, and asking questions about those, which is hard to do, right? It's easy to ask questions about, uh, um, for example, uh, an educational system it's easy to critique that perhaps, but not necessarily the kind of impact that it's had on then me as somebody who has gone through a particular education system and everything that I've learned through that and through, well, not just the, that institution, but other institutions too. And I think that this second year maybe with the network is something that I'd, I'd really like to explore much more within the network and, and see what I can learn from from, from that.
0: So in terms of like kind of fostering this unlearning, so let's kind of focus on this for the end, like what kinds of things um, do both of you kind of want to maybe either focus on unlearning or kinds of areas that we might need to, that you feel that we all or just yourselves need to kind of unlearn?
1: It's an interesting question because it actually takes us uh, to the first uh, text we wrote in our blog and how to be an anarchist educator. And I think that it's the coherence, right? It's very, very easy to like anarchist principles, but it's not that easy to live through these principles. Um, and I, I guess that this is the patience we have, we need to to have with ourselves in, in this, because it, you know, it takes a lot of years, and we are we are in the in the in in, in capitalist society, so we get these patterns uh, repeated. Right, it's not just when we grow up, but we get it, get them in social media and, and in our workplaces, even perhaps in our families. Right, so um, I think this unlearning, uh, the focus for for this unlearning to be a coherent anarchist educator has to be in that, in trying to be capable and and uh, and brave to see in ourselves that yes. You know, we are indoctrinated in a way and then we need to work with that and perhaps, you know, every day we fail a little or we fall in these patterns every day. But the important thing is actually to be aware of it and and think, okay, tomorrow I'm going to try to do it differently. That's the only the only way. Right. and trying to support each other and to, to acknowledge when, okay, yes, this time I did it again <laughs> in a capitalist way or authoritarian way. Uh, but this is a learning process and we need to also, uh, I think, detach ourselves of the idea that, oh, I learned a lot at university and now I'm done. <laughs> it's like I get this, this um this general education and I'm I'm done. Now, the whole education happens all the time, everywhere. That's why it's so lovely with anarchist education because there's a lot of authors that have talked about this. But at the same time, this unlearning is also continuous, as we said earlier. So now let's try to be coherent and patient with ourselves and kind. I think there's also this is about kindness which also a lot of people get very surprised. Oh, anarchists are kind. Yeah, yeah, we would like to be. Most of us, we do. Though we can come out hard <laughs> from time to time. But that's the whole idea, right? Is actually to be kind with each other and patient. And I think we'll get there at some point, creating these alternatives, as Daniel said, right? Not in the schools, not in academia. That it's something, I think for me, that the, the biggest part of this I'm learning is actually to know that I'm trying to to, to light a fire with the people I'm in, uh, in the classes. And then the, the most interesting part is that I have no idea what's going on when they finish. So I really hope they light more fires out there, right? To, 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 to burn all this capitalist uh, way of living And that perhaps we can, you know, create the communities we want. So this is the unlearning.
0: I absolutely love like that kind of metaphor or imagery of just like, you know, burning down the ideas um, and the system. (laughs) But, you know, I absolutely like I love that. And how about for you, Daniel, like what are some of the things that you kind of hope to unlearn, at least maybe through the second year or just in general? Over time, yeah, I,
2: th- I think Sonia put it uh, beautifully. So, I almost I don't have much to add to that other than um, for me at least, it's like the unlearning connected with the ideas of being a teacher and what that might mean. And since you know, I am in situations in which I am a teacher, right? So, that in itself has some implications about what it means to teach, or maybe I guess we would like probably prefer what it means to learn from each other, right? Um, And that's something that's quite hard to to unlearn, I think, right? Um, But yeah, I mean, it's not just about necessarily learning or teaching situations, but also more generally about like who I am and the way I've been brought up and the role I have and the kinds of, well, maybe the kinds of privileges I have too and asking questions about those. Um, You know, am I always the one to... Hold the floor uh, when there's a conversation going on. Should I stand back? It's simple things, I guess, but they're really important. And I think it's maybe maybe easy to kind of um, uh, to uh, to dismiss them almost as being kind of just symbolic, perhaps. But I think they're that, especially in combination with other things, are really important. Again, they're small, tiny steps, but they're very important ones. Um, yeah, did and you know, I guess. This relates as well then again not just to teaching not just to the kinds of identities i might have but also maybe again to back going back to anarchism again and and what that means in the 21st century sonia's talked about like uh, some of those other anarchists from the 19th century for example but like you know in what what is 21st century anarchism and um yeah uh, this there's something there as well um yeah that we kind of maybe need to to question always right but I think I almost think the, the Son, Sonia's final words about 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 you know uh, caring for each other and being kind I mean that's that's just a really nice way
0: an amazing claim, um that's like an amazing kind of place to kind of leave off and kind of finish up at which is just the whole idea of just like you know mutual care being kind <laughs> and you know just a very caring environment and kind of creating, trying to create a healthier space. (laughs) It was really nice being able to kind of sit and chat with you guys about like the different ways in which the APN was uh, kind of created or came together. So I really appreciate the time you guys took to talk with me, even though you talk to me all the time.